I may have an issue here. Hey everyone, welcome to the SP, uh, the podcast for New Life Community Church. We're excited you could join us today. It's our first episode, um, so it feels kind of like a morning show. We're both here with our coffee. We don't really know what to do. We've never done this before. Um, But we're calling it the SP because it's the New Life Studios podcast, studio podcast. That's it. There's no real reason behind that and it's, well, it's abbreviated i mean yeah i mean it's easier to say sp and the studios podcast the concept behind the like, studios is uh the plan is to have different types of media sure that goes through it and, right you know we're just starting off with the podcast and giving people different resources all sorts things. of yeah all sorts of things so uh, i'm pastor will i am the youth young adult pastor but i have a heart for evangelism here at new life so and this is my friend monet she tell tell us about yourself. Okay, uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm Monet Noriega, and I am a former New Ager who uh, became Christian. So um, I'm very passionate about sharing the gospel with people um, and the truth, and I am very excited to have the opportunity to do this. It's my joy to research and learn about the Bible and, and about um, Jesus Christ and how um, we can serve God, and that is me. Yeah, and it's awesome. I mean. Coming out of New Age, you have a very unique perspective. That yes, I, I think, have a very. I, I think I do. Um, yeah. I was not raised um, in in the Christian background, and so I have a, a perspective that comes from what's happening a lot right now in culture, um, with crystals and uh, you know all the like, different manifesting law of attraction. That's the life that I come from. Um, so I'm really excited to share with people why I crossed over over time and, and why that's not the way to go. Yeah, and you know, in in reality, maybe for for those of you tuning in who are Christians, who are already believers, a lot of you may have been raised in the church, and because of that, um, well, maybe not because of that, but for you, for instance, Monet, because you were practicing New Ageism and you came over to Christ, you've had to dive deep into the scriptures. Like there was no, there was none of this like raised in a loving Christian home that. You know, you just were assumed Christianity. It was it was something completely different, and you've right. come in, so you had to dive deep. And yeah, you know yeah. that that um, I want to just mention too that because you're you're talking about some people can have a background in Christianity. When we talked about creating this um, podcast, a lot of what we spoke about was educating people, mm. giving them information, not just people who are Christians, people who are not Christians. Um, and people who are Christians who might not understand why they're Christians, yeah. why they do what they do, um, who might have sort of a watered-down concept of being a Christian because someone told them so. Uh, I think part of our goal is to really help people understand salvation and the gospel and what that is. No, I agree. Um, yeah, it'll give, it'll give, whether you're a believer or you're trying to figure out truth, you're trying to find truth in this world. because Which is what I was doing. Apparently that's what everyone's trying to do, even mm-hmm. though... One of the worldviews says there's none. We'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about um, <laughs> But everyone seems to be trying to find truth. And whether you're trying to find truth or you're find, trying to better understand the truth that you believe, which is the truth we believe, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, uh, we want to give you the opportunity to better seek out understanding, to dive deeper. Um, in the Proverbs, it says the beginning of wisdom is is this get wisdom which i think is hilarious so you have to, in order to be wise you should just get wise but then you know it goes on and it says um the beginning of wisdom is to get wisdom and with all that you do get understanding so to just claim you're a christian 
um, especially in today's cultural context, is dangerous because we we can't just assume that people are going to be happy with the fact that we're a Christian. I mean, there's a lot of people against the church, and that's the reality. So yeah. I think the, the Bible gives us the tools we need to be equipped. And this is the coolest part. I mean, you don't need... You don't need a theological degree, a theological education like I have to be able to defend your faith. Um, and that's that's what we want to we want to bring. See, I'm nervous it's going to shut down. We'll see. Hopefully this doesn't shut if down. If the camera shuts off, I'll turn it back on. Yeah, this is our first time uh, doing this, so we might have some tech problems, but yeah. we'll troubleshoot. Apparently it needs to be plugged in. Yeah, we'll troubleshoot the tech problems. Auto power off. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's dangerous. Um, okay. Tech problems happen. So I think, you know, while you're fixing the tech problems, uh, where I think you were going with that was about how the Bible um, defends our faith. And I just want to tack on to that. There is a lot more than just, you know, the Bible defends our faith. And I think that's a lot of what we're going to help with uh, present to everybody during these different um, shows or series is that there are, it's, it's evidence-based. You know, this isn't yeah. um, Christians are not um, meant to just have this blind faith that people think that we have. Um, the, the foundation of Christian, Christianity was faith based on facts. Um, and so I think it's important as a Christian to realize that. And, and you know, I just had this thought. It's kind of random, but it's been on my mind, and it is loosely associated. Or Because um, we're talking about um, faith and facts, and we're going to go into the real worldviews, and one of the worldviews that we are going to talk about is um, theism or even postmodernism. So postmodernism um, bases a lot of things on culture and feelings, and you're seeing a lot of that right now. Like, do what you feel. Let yeah. your heart guide you. Feel this way. And I'll have to tell you, I did that. It was incredibly selfish of me. Mm. I damaged relationships that I was in, and I didn't realize I was doing it. Mm. Um, but if you are a Christian, and your reason, when people say you need to be, when it says in the Bible, you should be equipped to defend your faith at any moment, um, I think it's important to recognize that just saying I've had a Christian experience or I've experienced um, Christ, my Christianity is based on how, uh, you know, Jesus changed my life. I think it's important to acknowledge that right now our society is addicted to experiences. Yeah. Everyone has an experience. And feelings. You have feelings. I go to yoga class and you know what? I've had a lot of experiences there. If you're reason if you're telling somebody that your reason for being a christian is based on an experience mm -hmm. they can come right back and say well you know what i had an experience in yoga and i you know ascended and did all these things yeah your christian experience is not going to be that inviting to them or they're just going to say oh that's nice you know i can go over here and experience that yeah and if i if i feel something if i feel like feel good about something and I try to bring a worldview, the Christian perspective to them and say, look, Jesus changed my life. He rescued me out of X, Y, and Z. And yes, that's true. But throughout scripture, it also acknowledges that walking the Christian path is not one of ease and comfort, especially for the flesh. Your spirit is at ease. You wear the armor of God. You feel comfortable um, in terms of an eternal future. But a lot of times in the here and now, in the day to day, it's a lot harder to walk the Christian life because it means denying yourself. It means denying the flesh. So if the Christian worldview is the right one, if that's the true one, we want to make sure it's right. Mm -hmm. And as a Christian, to just say it feels good to follow Christ is, one, false, and two, a little worrisome if that's the way that we're approaching our faith as Christians because we can't 
purely base our faith on how good we might feel on a given day. Yes, the Holy Spirit can make you feel good. It brings you joy. It brings you comfort and content. And I've I've been living in Philippians the past week because I'm preaching on it this Sunday. And Paul is in the midst of a prison cell. I mean, he's in a prison sentence. And he went, you know, to and from um, different churches that he planted. He never really was in a place. He never had solid, like, community with a group of a single church. He was hopping all around and he'd make friends, but then he'd leave them. And he didn't live a cushy, comfort life, comfortable life. And I think um, being a Christian requires more diligence than just feeling good about yourself, feeling feeling nice. I mean, especially in this culture that's all about you and feeling good and mm-hmm. um, doing what's going to make you the best you. And it's it's like, well, actually, let's take a step back and look at the Christian worldview because as, as a church, if we're going to claim that it's true, um, we really need to make sure we're doing the research because we want to share this with people. And how are you going to share something with someone to convince them or to at least put that pebble in their shoe to help them start to get the gears turning to think if all you're doing is basing it on feeling. So, yeah. um, what is a worldview? We should probably start there. Yeah, let's, so let's, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about the worldviews. Yeah, because worldview is, I mean, it, it sounds, I think it means the same thing that it sounds like. I mean, it's the way you view the world. It's, yeah. it's how your entire perspective on everything around you operates. Mm-hmm. And it can either involve God or it cannot. I mean, that's the reality. It, in um, uh, I mean, the election just happened, and all the you know people are all over the place with that. But uh, one of the slogans of the Democratic Party was "We're the party of science," and um, uh, that doesn't mean that Republicans aren't. I mean, it's not it's not a political thing. Science, like, and but there is a particular worldview that thinks that science is 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 God. Right. I mean, that's, naturalism or humanism. Right. Yeah. So it's this mi- mindset of naturalism that says. Um, science is all. I mean, science is the key. Man is the center of the universe. And uh, the way that we operate in the world is uh, based on our own decisions, our best benefit, what's going to best um, cause us to thrive and move forward. It's kind of like enlightenment thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, that science science is the way forward. It's a way of progress. And um, because of that thinking, a lot of times I think the, the people are inclined to believe that the Christian worldview is opposed to science as if they're uh, you know not at all so that's one of the things i had to learn um for myself um because i i really struggled with that you know i have a i really care about science um and i feel like it's important to understand why things work to the best of our ability and i initially i kind of felt like um science it was science versus the bible Mm -hmm. kind of like i was looking at reality versus a fairy tale and I just could not marry the two until I realized that science is really the exploration of creation that already exists um, and that God himself created science. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to just mention, since we're talking about a specific worldview, and just kind of jump back before we get into uh, humanism, that uh, worldviews themselves, it's really important to consider your worldview exists. It's the lens through which you see the world. Um, it's why we have differences in opinions. It's how we approach things in life. And it's really important to consider that there's con- logical consistency in yeah. what your worldview is, uh, which means that the way you approach certain things really shouldn't change every single moment based on how you feel or what you think should be. 
there should be some kind of reasonable, rational consistency to the way that you see the world. And a lot of times that comes down to, or, or every time to me, what you think the higher power is. If you think the highest power is our human development, that's the lens through which you see the world and the way you make your choices. If it's God and it's your your view is theism, and I'm not even going to say Christianity, let's, you know, broaden it, yeah. then let's, you know, then that's the way you see things and you make decisions. When you pick and choose, things become very confusing and very vague. Unfortunately, I feel like it's becoming easier and easier for people to just say, I feel like this, yeah. I'm going to do that. Um, but I wanted to just mention that about the worldview and how it's important to stay, to stay logical in it and to kind of pick but you can always change your mind it doesn't mean that you're picking it forever it just means that since you're learning about worldviews and we're talking about it take some time to consider throughout your day how you're seeing the world through which worldview you're seeing it yeah so. i think it's that's it's really important and we said it once already but in a, in a culture that is so based on feelings over facts in all in all reality that creates this whole rupture of um of truth people don't people all say they want truth but they claim that their truth is the correct truth and are almost the part that's scary is that a lot of people are unwilling to waver on their on their personal truth even if it's shown that that truth isn't true yet they seek facts right they seek facts they throw facts in your face yet there's the same exact person who says everybody has their own truth yeah it's completely contradictory right it is very contradictory <laughs> you can't have your own truth the definition of truth is an absolute thing so yeah. you know pick a different word if yeah. that's what you're trying to say right um and then each each world view you should really consider certain questions there are if you look online at worldviews, you'll see that different people have different questions that they feel like are the basic ones that you ask. Um, the first question is really, where did we come from? Each worldview has that established. Where did we come from? Um, what our purpose is? And where are we going? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then morality is included in there. You know, like, where do we get our morality from? Right. So I think when we're going through the different worldviews, we should talk about each one, like, which topic, what that worldview feels like about that topic. Right. So we'll start with go back to humanism and naturalism yeah we come from evolution in that perspective right so we come from evolution that's the naturalist perspective that over billions and billions of years we went from a single-celled organism somehow to what we are today and okay um again as the well we can go even further back that things exist because of some some sort of singularity we some call it the big bang although there's different perspectives today on what that might be if the universe even began to exist at all but it's all it's the 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 thing about science and and because it's the because humanism is the view of science here's the here's the reality for anyone listening in that science doesn't prove anything i like to use the example of philosophy um i once had a teacher in college of of a philosophy teacher i took a god wrestling class is what it was called and i thought we were going to wrestle gods but we weren't doing any Jacob stuff. It was it was just wrestling with the concept, different different perspectives and concepts on God. But he said one thing at the beginning of class that really struck me, and it was, look, you're not going to get an answer in this class because if philosophers ever had an answer, they'd be out of a job. Mm-hmm. And not that scientists would be out of a job because there's always more things to learn and discover, but science is making predictions based on observation. So current it's observation. Current observation. So it's coming to conclusions based on the things that we've currently observed. So there's no way to prove anything using science. Now, I'm not trying to deny science. I'm just trying to 
explain what science is. That science is not a way of proof. I was a math major. I understand how proofs work. Math you can prove. Science you can't. Science you can come to conclusions based on temporal observation, what you've observed. So the problem with that is that to take any scientific theory as fact immediately is dangerous. Now there's lots of things that support specific scientific theories and even levels of microevolution we see in bacteria that changes um, even in the coronavirus that there could be little different strains that do things but you don't see the coronavirus turning into um, even a plant cell. Right, it's natural selection yes. which, which Christianity doesn't, it, says it supports. Creationism supports natural selection and changing and adapting to your environment. Yes. That's why Will and I are different colors, or our eyes are different colors, or our our mugs are different. different. Well, that doesn't apply. <laughs> it's it's not because we're not both human. He didn't evolve into me, nor I into him. We look different based on our origin um, in the earth. You know, our history, our ancestry. But we're both humans. So if you're going by the concept of, you know, if you're really looking at evolution, and again, I believed in evolution. Um, I used to tell people that it was real so I completely understand mm -hmm. I really was sold on it and um, that's like saying that picking you or me to be better and saying that let's say I pick you to be better you I would be involved evolve into you because you are different than me right you know um, but we're the same species yeah hands so, down and and the, the the part that's challenging and why um, humanism kind of falls apart is if you truly live it, are living in a humanistic perspective, you ultimately can't base anything off of emotion. So it's like almost the opposite of what we're seeing in today's um, world. Things like love and things like um, emotional attachment, um, logic. You can't have logic from a humanist perspective because logic is something you can't you can't observe the natural process of logic. It's something that happens within the mind in a in a way that you can't probe a brain to see how logic works it's a it's a kind of like it's a con conceptual thing but it's there but it's real will claim that they're the most logical right but they can't they can't and the reason being and this is this is where you kind of get into the the realities of humanism is that their perspective is based on the fact that our mere our existence is merely due to the random bumping around of particles in space that somehow formed what we are today um uh, Pastor Jeff Durbin of Apologia says we're, we're particles of space dust that randomly collided. And it's this idea that if someone in a humanist perspective wants to tell me how I feel about something, well, they can't tell me feelings at all. If they want to try and argue with me logically, I mean, the reality is how can they if they don't have a, a leg of logic to stand on? Because they're... It's all theory. It's all theory. So It actually has... It takes more faith... Mm -hmm. To have faith in something that is less credible mm -hmm. than being created. So to, to, have, to believe that something came from nothing requires a lot more faith to believe than to believe that something came from something. Definitely. Because that's what we observe. We currently observe that things come from something else. So if you're basing theories and the way things happen on observation, mm -hmm. then it's really the most credible uh, the most credible conclusion to come to that something came from something because that's what you're observing in natural science in front of you. Right, and science has laws like the law of the conservation of matter. You can't create or destroy it. Right. But somehow we went from particles of space dust to it's planets. It's, it's convenient. <laughs> so, you know, I want to just kind of, oh my gosh, we have so many things to go over. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll have to split this in two. 
Um, or five. Or five. Every perspective. Maybe we should do that. Make yeah. them small little series. Um, but I just want to, I think it's important to address, um, that's the part so fascinating, everything we just talked about. But I, I think it's important to address the moral values in mm-hmm. each system. Mm-hmm. So for humanism, there is no moral law or moral code. Why would there be? There doesn't need to be. Your space does. random. Um, it's relative moralism. And I think touching on what relative moralism is, is really important because uh, I don't think people realize that it's so pervasive. Mm -hmm. And that's basically how we function as a society is based on relative moralism. Which put simply basically means that morality is is, is fluid. It's not, it's, um, as Christians, we believe in objective morality, that there is a moral standard that exists within the heart of every human. And we find that, we find our proof of that in Romans 1. That God created people to behave a particular way. That God has a particular standard that He has laid out for like people to follow. Murder, thou shalt not steal. Right, right, you find those in Ten Commandments, that, right? or or in the three hundred million laws of Moses, or like more specifically, what Jesus says is right. love your love God and love your neighbor. Right. Everything's summed up in that. But there is a morality standard that exists across the board, and subjective morality is. The concept then that it's fluid, that right. it doesn't. What you think is good is good. Yeah. What I think is good is good. The problem comes when what you think is good clashes with me or it threatens me. Right. So if I don't feel threatened by what you think is good, then it's cool. Like yeah, we see that yeah. today in right. society. Like, you try to you try to oppose. I mean, especially SJWs, but you try to oppose anyone who has a particular um, worldview. That and this this is that relative moralism is if you try to if you try to say. You know what? I'll I'll let you have what you believe, but my belief says that you're wrong. So, what's the deal here? Right. And I mean, it can be the Christian perspective where it says Jesus says I am the truth, and if Jesus is the truth, then sorry, your truth is wrong. Right. But there's also, um, if you look at it from the humanist perspective, relative moralism means there's no moralism. Which means that from the a true human, was okay. right? The Holocaust was okay. It was okay. Apartheid in Af- South Africa right. was okay. Um, I Honestly, think, any any of the radical stuff that's being called out in the yeah. U.S. today is okay by a humanist perspective. And I think it's important to to realize that when you're walking around like I was, saying your personal truth belongs to you and my personal truth belongs to me, what you're actually saying is you have permission to decide your own moral code. Yeah. If I really mean that, then I also should never protest because if I actually believe that what your personal truth is what it is, then who am I to say that what you're saying is wrong? Right. It's extremely contradictory. You, you really can't say both things in the same uh, the same breath, which people do. Um, and then also to say something like, uh, you know, when you're saying your personal truth belongs to you, we, you know, we use major examples like the Holocaust mm-hmm. because it's the easiest one to think of. You know, Adolf Hitler thought that he was doing the quote-unquote right thing by eradicating people that he saw as less than Mm -hmm. so he was doing his own natural selection which is natural selection which by by theory if you're truly an evolutionist and you truly are a humanist and Mm -hmm. you believe that there's no relative moralism Mm -hmm. um which you kind of have to believe because if you do believe that there's some basic human moral you need to challenge yourself with the question is where does that come from yes because if we came from nothing yeah why would we have any morals at all yeah you're, you're going to create a, a little bit of a, like a dichotomy within yourself once you raise that question. But with what he did and what, you know, these major things that have occurred have done, if you sit there and say, oh, this was horrible and this was heinous, according to who? Mm-hmm. 
you can't tell me yeah. that it's random. Who says? Who, who says? you? <laughs> so you need to be able to answer that question. And if your answer is, oh, it's just what, you know, we all know inside, your next question should be, and how do we know that if we're so random? Yeah. And even the, even the, the it push a little further, sometimes people will say, well, cultures in different times and different places um, gather together and it's what the, the masses deem to be moral is what's moral. And I mean, I would even push back on that and say, if you look throughout history, the the people who thrive, the people who succeed, the the people who find times of peace are the ones that are sticking heavily to the biblical objective standards of morality. And um, I mean, that's the reality. Not saying the ones who are the church, because there are plenty of times where the church itself has been awful and wasn't sticking to the objective right. moral truths. Um, but societies and cultures that stuck stuck to the moral truths found in the scriptures thrived. So there is something there. Is like yeah, you you could gather as a tribe of people um, living in the mountains, or you could gather as a group of people living in uh, a suburb that is somehow not connected to a country or a nation, and you can come up with your own rules and your own morality. That doesn't make it the right morals. Right. And the majority of people, I don't, other than a, a select few people who are a little whack in the head, the majority of people, if they lose a family member who they care about, they hurt and they feel that pain because they know it's wrong. Right. And why would you feel that if all you are is random, random dust? Yeah. There's, why would that come to, why yeah. would that evolve? And, yeah. and just to kind of, you know, tie in the ending to that, like how it, how it, uh, like what our purpose is, is we, we don't really have a purpose. Right. Um, and, or it actually shoots off into, so humanism we turn our purpose into developing our own humanity. Yeah. So pushing forward, um, creating the most optimal version of humanity as possible. And then in the end, what happens when you die is nothing. Right. So you're really living. You cease to be. You cease to be. So if you're, if you're a person who's truly a human, humanist and you see yourself as a naturalist, so this is where we're talking about that cohesive, put-together worldview, like being logical and consistent. If you're really a humanist, and that's how you see things, if you're for science only, which again we talked about, like is is kind of a convoluted statement. It's almost impossible. Yeah, but actually, it's impossible. Right. I don't know if anyone that's, who's if that's how you that live way. your life based on um, what somebody tells you for today and see it as fact um, without any additional evidence. Then you, when you, you also can't call yourself an agnostic. And mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people who are humanists or naturalists, and that's what they believe in those things. They they say, I don't know whether God exists or whether He doesn't yeah. exist. Um, and that's, that's agnosticism. And if you're agnostic, then that means that you can't really um, combine it with humanism or naturalism. Because if you're truly a humanist and you base things on science, then you have to decide that you do know whether or not God exists. Right. You cannot be an evolutionist and also question whether or not God exists. You cannot claim to be the same thing. Sure, yeah. So Absolutely. I think that's important to acknowledge. Like it's not logical, it is not reasonable to call yourself an evolutionist. And then if somebody says, Do you you believe in God? to then say, you know what, I don't know, there might be something greater than myself. Right. If that's where you're finding yourself clashing, then maybe it's time to explore your perspective and what you really believe. Yeah. Because those two things together are like oh, that's good. water. Yeah, it's this you can't be purely humanist. There's just, I don't know a single person who would claim to be even agnostic. I mean, they would claim agnostic, right. but by a, by a real standard, it's like how those two things clash. You, and most people, you know, there are a lot of people who are, who are solid atheists who say, you know, I, 
um, I don't believe in God, they have their pure naturalists. Mm -hmm. The majority of people I meet who say that they're atheists don't actually consistently claim, I do not believe God exists. Right. Um, and they'll also say, if you bring me proof that God exists, then I will consider it. But e when you bring them proof, even if it's reasonable and logical, um, they will consistently often, not always, because we have these amazing people who have come to mm -hmm. Christianity who were former atheists, um, they will consistently strike it down. Yeah. And it's usually because they don't want to follow a moral code. They don't want to believe that. Uh, they want to believe more in relative moralism because then it's going to challenge what they think is right and wrong and maybe put them in, in a position where they have conviction about something that they've done. Yeah. So just something to think about if you're a person who's a humanist or a naturalist or if you find yourself um, you know, veering in that, pers in that perspective or in that worldview, if you find that that's what you gravitate toward, um, just realize that if you do that plus you say, I don't know if there's a God or sometimes you say there is God, that you really have a, um, a split. You're being double-minded. You have a split within yourself. Yeah. And if you actually are seeking the truth, you need to sit and you need to question those those two things and really pick a side. Otherwise, you're being irrational. And you need to be willing to... Yeah, you are being you're irrational. You're being irrational. Heavily. And you need to be willing to... And, and I, I... You need to be willing to lay all the evidence out there. And people will say... Uh, I mean, you'll hear the arguments of, show me the evidence your God exists. Have him strike a bolt of lightning down or have him rain manna from the sky or do things that he did in the old Testament in different ways. And, um, one, my answer is usually far be it for me to command my God to do something. I mean, that's the first part, but the other part is if you read in scripture, the progression of how God operated in the world, you can't use necessarily an old Testament context for the way that God has entered into this era of grace. There's all um, there's even, there are, there are books out there. There's a book called the big book of Bible controversies because people will often say, um, well, the Bible's full of contradictions. And it's like, have you actually explored that? Or have you just heard someone else say it? It's usually people who've heard someone else. Exactly. Say it. Name me one is a good response. Give me one contradiction. Yeah. And I mean, the, the reality is there are no contradictions, which is amazing. A, a, a book written across Thousands of years by over 40 different authors tells a consistent narrative that doesn't contradict itself once. I mean, there's this evidence here in this book that is frankly amazing. It really is. It's, it's and so cool. It is. It's really awesome when you actually explore it. So um, that is that is the, the challenge is not to, and we see this in culture and we see this in, in faith, is not to just take what people say at face value, but actually taking the time to learn for yourself. And I think we're starting to see movements towards that on yeah. on social media. I mean, people for so long were just posting and sharing anything. And now you have these advocates on social media who are saying, take the time to research. Yeah. Um, and you need to. I mean, things are, things are shared like crazy. And a lot of the responses to Christianity that are shared are founded really in nothing. It's just things people say. I mean, we have so many, and I think we should just split this up. There are so yeah. many different worldviews <laughs> that we want to put up against into. Christianity. We yeah. want to have like a fight, a boxing match between the two. Um, so rather than go over all of them in two minutes. Yeah, I think we should really go into each Yeah, go, like doing. today was excellent. So um, we're going to do that. We're going to go into all the other, well, some of the other dominating worldviews, dominant worldviews that we yeah. see in society today. But um, again, if you're a Christian and you believe um, what you say you believe, it's also your duty to dive into these scriptures and learn. So if you're not a believer and you're trying to just figure out truth, look at it from all the angles. Explore 
the Bible, explore Christianity for what it is. If you claim to be a Christian, as Monet said at the very beginning, the word says, 1 Peter 3 says, um, always be prepared to make a defense for the faith you have. But before that, it says, establish Christ as Lord in your heart. And do that defense with gentleness and respect. See, there's there's those bookends that people mm-hmm. forget. They always say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn to defend myself. And it's like, okay. But if you, if you go and take karate, self-defense, they never say, learn karate so you can go beat people right, up. Right. They yeah. say, you're learning this as self-defense right. so that you can defend yourself. And ultimately, the goal of karate is not to kill the target. It's to immobilize them. Yeah. And when you defend yourself, when you defend your Christian faith, you want to do it gently and respectfully to say, I want to reach this person's heart, not offend their flesh. Yeah. Um, and, or maybe I will offend their flesh, but I want to get to the heart in doing so. I don't want to attack them and leave them right. wounded and, and angry at right. me. Um, so it's important. Um, so we're going to go into those other worldviews. I think that's the way to do this. Yeah, um, I think so too. Because it's exciting to really talk about, um, you know, each one. It sounds, it seems like in depth, like the, you know, the, just talking about humanism was great. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to tack on to what you said about contradictions in scripture. Oh, yeah. I am totally one of those people who used to do that. Um, and, and don't get me wrong before I, I believed in God. Um, I contradicted myself a lot. There would be times that I dabbled in Christianity. It was all very, it was based on convenience. I did have like, a, I was drawn to it a little bit, but I saw it as many paths to one truth. Well, you were Unitarian. People. I was a Unitarian Universalist. So Christianity, what is you, know, that really? yeah. <laughs> you know, I believe that there were many paths to one truth and, you know, just to explore your whole life and, you know, you know, seek the truth, but never find it. Essentially, that's right. what that's what it's all about yeah. um, to so many people is seek the truth, but never find it. It's such it's so it's so delusional. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that's the world I was in. So I want to be clear when I say these things, I am coming from a place of I had this personal experience. and I don't you know, it's not just about experience. Um, but I lived that life. I did that. I came to all of these conclusions about Christ based on really research and logic because I realized that relying on my feelings was not working anymore, mm-hmm. that it was damaging my relationships, my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I did the whole like being my own God thing, but, uh, I didn't realize that's what I was doing. But when you practice the law of attraction, that's essentially what you do. Which is Mormonism. Yeah, but, but I digress. <laughs> I was going to talk about the contradiction piece. So that's one of the things I used to say. And I think it's important to use, um, you know, again, to use the word logic, because that's what it is. Recognize that because the Bible was written over such a long period of time by so many authors, which is really incredible Mm -hmm. um, how it all ties in, that these are people with perspectives. Mm -hmm. So you could read, you know, two different Gospels, and they're describing the same thing, but it's because it's from two different perspectives. Sure. If you and I saw the same car accident, I'll describe it one way. You're going to describe it another way to the police officers. The police officers are going to know we were at the same accident because of certain things that tie in. But as an individual, this stuck out to me. That stuck out to you. It actually makes it more credible that they're a little inconsistent with perspective yeah. versus being perfectly on point. If you were trying to 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 really manipulate somebody, you would make sure that your story was consistent with somebody else's. Yeah. You wouldn't be The exact same it. words. Yeah. It's like when people who witness a crime get their story together first, so they can go in and tell the same story. Yeah. Um, biblically, and this is, this is, I mean, biblically the law and American law is based off of this, that you make a judgment based off of the uh, testimony of two or three witnesses that is in the bible that's wanted, in the bible did say that, it's in the bible people don't realize that that comes from the bible before t- we have those rules 
So one person coming forward and saying, this is the truth, it might be, but you don't really have, I mean, how do you base your understanding or your, your reality off of that? But a second person comes and says, this is the truth. And then a third, and then in the case of the gospels, a fourth, you have four witnesses all claiming that this is what happened. And even though the the order or the way they wrote them, and part of that is understanding who they were writing to. I mean, that's a big part of it, it's too. There's a whole other thing there. <laughs> so even though the perspective they're writing from differs, the stories they're telling are the same story. And they're telling them from their point of view and to the people they're writing to. And you have four witness accounts of the gospel truth. That's more than two. That's more than three. You got four. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's fascinating. It's it amazing. Really is. So, um, and, and one of them, Luke, wrote his gospel by going around two witnesses who saw Jesus and collected the information. Yeah. I mean, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. So he is not only a witness account, but is a witness account based on the account of multiple witnesses. So it is, it is fascinating when you, when you really get into the, the depth of what you're reading. Um, so yeah, I think in the following weeks, we're going to cover the other worldviews and kind of go up against Christianity with them and see who comes out on top. Um, but yeah, keep that in mind as, as Christians or as seekers, anyone. I mean, we owe it to ourselves to really understand the truth. Yeah. And we want to know that it's out there. And it is, but it takes research. And you know what? Swiping through Instagram or going through Facebook or on TikTok or doing your, your social media thing or being addicted to the screen and not looking at anything beneficial, how are you going to claim truth? That just feeds that emotional drive and that, that addiction within us. So... Um, yeah, let's do the research. Let's, um, let's dive into that together. Any other thoughts? Um, no, I thought, you know, I think that that was, you know, that really sums it up. And I just, I guess my last thought is, um, to really tack on to that, that the purpose of this is to really be informative. Um, I have full confidence that if you're informed, um, and that you're seeking the information that God will do the rest um, that he, he wants to draw us near. And so I do believe that if you lay your cards out on the table. But not tarot cards. Not tarot cards. No, not those. Nice one, yeah. If you lay your cards <laughs> out on the table, meaning of information and, and looking at different viewpoints, and you decide to use reason, putting all your personal gain stuff to the side. If you decide to really look at the information, I feel confident that I'm not saying, you know, you're going to be a Christian tomorrow or anything like that. Um, but I do feel confident, <clears throat> excuse me, that you'll at least begin to kind of question yeah. things a little bit and re and put yourself in a position to kind of rethink and reestablish what it is that it, that you really do believe from a place of, of truly believing it, not out yeah. of convenience or not because it's what you're used to believing. In which case, if, if, it's, if it's humanism, then I'm glad that you at the very least were informed on different levels and you are totally confident in that. Yeah. Um, I think it's important just to have the information. So yeah. being a person who wasn't a Christian, I, I think if you're a person who is a Christian and you're listening to this or watching this, please consider sharing it with somebody you know who isn't um, because I myself know what it feels like for people to try to get me to become a Christian um, and I wasn't buying it. Um, I, I didn't feel like there was only one way. And so I want to make sure that people know that we're coming at this from a gentle perspective yeah. and that we're saying like, you know, you, you feel what you feel, you believe what you believe. Now here's some more information and just please consider it. Mm-hmm. And if you are a Christian, um, in doing this, you might find some things that you did not realize about the Christian faith. And 
uh, you might be challenged a little bit, mm-hmm. but in a good way. I think it's going to grow you, and I think it's going to force you to examine some of the things that, that you personally hold. I mean, I, I get challenged daily jumping into the Word. I mean, there's things... I don't mean I just got convicted by something the Bible says, but I mean, which is good. I mean, that yeah. happens. But, but also just deep truths where you're like, oh, I didn't think God operated that way, but He does. Right. And so there's, there's a lot of things that, that you can learn just from doing your own studies, whether you're a believer or not. Um, but our, I think it, we, we all owe it to, if you're a Christian, you owe it to the Lord. But if you're not a Christian, you owe it to the society you live in to really examine the truth because that's the path forward. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll catch you next time. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for joining in. Awesome.